world's becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today, only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Broadcasting from behind the Second Amendment Iron Curtain, in the shadows of the New York City skyline, this is Gun For Hire Radio, the voice of one million New Jersey gun owners, with your hosts, Sandy Berardi and Master Firearms Trainer, Anthony Calandra. Live from the land that freedom forgot, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Welcome to it. So uh, I'm down here at the NRA Board of Directors meetings, and we're taping Gun for High Radio 451 remote, so I apologize if the sound quality is not perfect. A uh, couple of things I'd like to discuss. Uh, Virginia, on Monday the 13th, it's Lobby Day, and the NRA pulled out all their stops in full forces, and they're going to be down at the Virginia State House. Uh, protesting with the legislators everything that's going on there's literally a hundred anti-gun bills in virginia banning ar-15s registration uh, ammo limits magazine limits and a new bill came out that any gun range in the state of virginia that is not in a government-owned building will be shut down sandy seriously yes oh my god yes so all, you thought all private, we had it bad? Private gun ranges are all going to be shut down? Yes, that's one of the bills. Now, how many of these bills are going to stick? Okay. Who knows? But they have a majority in the Assembly and the Senate. The, you know, and now the, the Virginia gun owners are energized. Aside from the NRA lobby day on the 13th, there is going to be a huge rally at the Virginia State House on the 20th where people are going to be showing up and protesting. But Although I support any type of, um, you know, uh, protest and rallies, it's going to be a week after the legislatures come back into session, oh, you boy, know. Yeah. So these are issues that, that need to be addressed. So full force is behind the NRA right now with the legislators and the NRA members and new NRA members coming out in full force. You know, it's interesting, Sandy, how many people have told us in the past to vote with our feet, right? Yeah, right. And I would wish I screenshot all the ones from Virginia that told <laughs> me, you know, move out of New Jersey and move to a free state. Yeah, that's true. And we have a very large listenership in Virginia. Yes. And I, I sympathize with everybody. But like I said, who could have predicted that Virginia would be in worse shape than New Jersey? Yeah, and it makes perfect sense, too, when you think about it from the anti-gun side, because that's the headquarters of all things evil of as far as guns are concerned. Uh, the amount of Bloomberg money being spent in Virginia mm. is nauseating. Yeah. He's, he's very smart. You know, he's a $60 billion anti-gun tyrant who is on a mission. And he's spending money. He's putting half a million dollars into campaigns for local races in Virginia, yeah. Sandy. Yeah, that's how they do it. He and Soros. It's a smart thing to do, too, because if you go either bottom up or top down. And again, that's uh, Cass Sunstein, right? Bottom up, yes. time, uh, uh, top down, inside out. So 
they're spending a ton of dough and they managed to flip Virginia and they picked Virginia because Virginia for a while had a one seat majority in the Senate and a two seat majority in the assembly. So Bloomberg threw a couple of hundred million dollars down here last year. Mm. Unfortunately, the gun owners and the, um, the, the two a people didn't come out and vote the way they should have. Right. And what we have here now is now they're they're lost and they're ticked off, mm, right? Right. And uh, now they're trying to crawl or, you know, claw their way back, which we know what it's like. Listen, I've been talking to people down here at NRA. You know, for us, for the past 20 years in New Jersey, holding the line is considered a win. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, and now they feel our flight, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, and, I, I think that's a, the big thing with human nature and is and it's kind of funny too because virginia the gun owners didn't come out like they don't come out in new jersey because they thought everything was going to be fine and nobody's going to take my guns yada 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 and now trying to get back to square one is going to be their main thing it's 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 very disheartening but you know i see the base is energized i don't know what they're going to hold on the line governor um northam down here in Virginia has pledged, just like uh, Phil Murphy, he will sign every bit of uh, anti-gun legislation that's mm-hmm. put on his desk. Yeah. When he's not doing, you know, blackface uh, things. Correct. Or telling people that, uh, you know, you can um, terminate a baby after it's born. Yeah, sure. After you name it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's 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 disheartening, but I see. The tone and tenor at NRA this year is so much different than last year because we've made so many gains with the New York State Rifle and Pistol Association case and the the Rogers Concealed Carry case, the Gould Carry case. And uh, obviously, uh, people are speaking about the Cheeseman case down here also about how pivotal all of this could be for us. But, you know, look what's happening. That's good for us at the Supreme Court. But what good is being allowed to carry a gun if the state you're in bans a gun? Right. Exactly. Uh, you can you have now have the right to carry, but you're not allowed to own that gun. It's funny you mentioned that just this morning. I got my uh, uh, renewal on my Virginia concealed carry permit and I'm looking for the disappearing ink. Well, they'll, I mean, they're probably it's not in their radar right now. They're going for all these shocking bills, yeah, sure. obviously. But I'm sure the attorney general in Virginia and Governor Northam, they'll get to that. Oh, yeah. They'll get to that like so many other states have, have done. Uh, you know, for the people out there with, with the NRA, the NRA is so energized right now, um, you know, with Trump and the Supreme Court uh, picks and all of the lower court judges. Uh we we only need to flip two more judges in the Ninth Circuit, and it will become a conservative circuit. Right. And our Third Circuit has flipped, and the Second Circuit is flipped, and the Fifth Circuit is flipped. So, you know, people have to focus on that, and the NRA is behind that, uh, communicating with the White House all the time and helping to vet out the judges. Trump's 50th judicial appointment was an NRA member. Yeah, that's great. So uh, not bad, not bad to have that behind us. And also what I'm finding is, you know, what I've learned at the board meetings now, you know, fundraising is back on track. Most of our donors have returned. Um, 
we're on budget for uh, and things look solid for 2020. There's less BS and shenanigans coming out of the left media, which would be the Bloomberg uh, controlled media. Okay, and the NRA obviously is still the most effective gun lobby, especially for the 2020 races. We still have over five million members. We're at the highest level in the fourth year term of a pro-gun president in the NRA history. Usually membership goes down by the fourth year of a pro-gun president because people don't feel like their rights are under attack. Right. Okay. And we still have the largest and most widest budget, you know, for our organization to go out there and help with these races. But if people don't go out and vote, right. It's all for naught, right. basically. And, and you know, 36% voter turnout in New Jersey brought us Governor Murphy. Right. And there was an article in the Wall Street Journal today about uh, how f- the top seven states are taking everybody from California, New Jersey, and New York. And uh, New Jersey has lost $3.2 billion from their treasury <laughs> from people moving out of state. Yeah. That's great. Okay. And this, well, we could afford to lose it, though. And, you know, I mean, we're so flush. Yes. Don't worry. We'll just keep taxing the middle class. Oh, of course. And, uh, you know, they never they never met a tax they didn't like. And, and we're fighting like hell in New Jersey. And, you know, with the Third Circuit flipped our way now, one our, our, right now our, uh, our mag case is at the appellate court. It's going to get kicked back up to the third. And the third most likely will side with us. And then New Jersey will appeal it, and then we're probably going to go up to the Supreme Court. From what I hear, our 10-round mag ban case might beat California's 10-round mag case to the Supreme Court. Wow. So for all you people out there for years that have been telling me to move, again, I'm going to reiterate, New Jersey has two concealed carry cases. New York State has the commerce and transportation case at the Supreme Court. And New Jersey might be first in line to knock the uh, high capacity or standard capacity ban out. So it looks like us states that have been having our rights usurped for the past 30 years and the people like us that stood here and took a stand and gun for hire and gun for hire radio out there communicating to the masses. It looks like we might be the ones helping everybody out that told us to move to their state. (laughs) Ironic, isn't it? And, uh, you know, that that makes that makes me feel good. But all of the legal stuff down here, you know, Dan Schmutter, Scott Bach is here, Dave Capel, Dave Hardy, Steve Hallbrook, who's been before the Supreme Court with Heller and McDonald mm-hmm. before. Again, the general buzz is these cases are excited. But, of course, the elections that are going on at the state levels are disheartening. Yeah, well, that's why the uh, Bloomberg's at Al are concentrating on the. On, on a local level, it's easier to win on a local and state level. And then once you've got once you've got those positions in play, uh, those people can then carry the state and then move up to the Fed. You know, um, the elections coming up in November, Trump obviously is up for reelection. And could you imagine five more years of judicial appointments? Yeah, that'd be nice. And we need to hold on to the Senate and there but for the grace of God. Could you imagine if we were to win the House? That would be really what we should do, I hope. You know, the first two years Trump was president, he had the House and Senate and the um, 
the the political class, the Republicans, they did nothing right, to help. Exactly, him. they I, they were, and unfortunately, you still have, you know, when when he talked about the swamp, he I don't even think he even understood how deep and wide, uh, and 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 angry that thing could be and how entrenched it is that the powers that be don't want to ever give up power. He just doesn't give a crap and he doesn't know how to play the politic. And that's why he's got haters on both sides. Yes. And, and, and hopefully I'm hoping that if he retains the Senate and maybe wins the house, if he has a majority in both chambers, maybe his last four years we could see some more real work being done well I don't, it all depends on the rhinos <sighs> it's it's tough because you know they're the political class whether a mm -hmm. democrat republican right. or an independent right and it's all about self-preservation for them Absolutely. but but i also think they know that when they come out against trump he has no problem singling them out right. and if he gets reelected, and i hope he gets reelected in november could you imagine in four years he doesn't have to worry about a re-election could you imagine how unpolitically correct this man is going to be <laughs> it'd be it'd make for fun tv i mean i cannot imagine what he could possibly get done if he could get some of our legislators to actually wake up and remember who they represent right well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I'd hold out for that. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm reluctant also, but I have to keep the faith. You know, I'm going to be 59 years old soon. And the one thing I feel good about is the 187 judicial appointments. Yes. Right. Because they carry and, forward. And I must say, you know, I'm not a war hawk. I do not believe we should be spending money overseas. I'm glad that it hasn't escalated with an all out war. In, in the Middle East right now. I know the hawks out there are wishing for that, but, you know, I always go back to Eisenhower's yes. quote where he said, beware the military industrial complex. Yes, absolutely. And there's so many politicians out there and so many warmongers out there in government jobs that are pushing for us to stay. I mean, Sandy, we've spent, I think, $17 trillion in Afghanistan since September 11th. Afghanistan has always been the country killer. And can you imagine, just for, just for a moment, what $17 trillion put into cancer research in the United States would do? Correct. Correct. And I understand the military-industrial complex. They want to keep making bombs and drones and ships. Sure, and, they're getting and, and, very, and very jets. wealthy. I mean, while the rest of the country was sinking into the hole under the Obama administration, when you drove past anywhere in Alexandria or, in the, or anywhere in the Beltway, all you saw was building cranes, building more and more and higher buildings. No one inside the Beltway felt that pain. And it was because all of the government contractors and all of the defense contractors, they're just getting rich off the and, blood and you know, of you, kids. You want a reality check? I went in. Uh, Graham Hill is a lawyer down here, and he was instrumental in the 80s and 90s under Bush uh, the second writing the ADA compliance manuals. He's in a wheelchair from a car accident when he was 15. Okay. But I sat in on the committee. I'm not I'm not on the committee. And, you know, the room was full of veterans in wheelchairs with prosthesis that that were injured during these senseless wars. Yes. 
And it's disheartening to see because the industri- military industrial complex and the war hawks out there, they only see it as a profit point. Oh, of course. And, you know, a, a lot of a lot of attention is paid to the number of soldiers killed. Uh, uh, but the big numbers and and the and the biggest issues from a family and social standpoint are those who were maimed and injured and crippled. And we have a lot of them as a result of, you know, let's let's find something else to do other than make war constantly. Correct. You know, while we're talking about the disabled, um, because I have a lot of people come in with with, with wheelchairs and special needs, but the NRA has a website that they have a doctor on top of. And for everybody out there, it's the NRA Adaptive Shooting Programs. If you Google NRA Adaptive Shooting Programs, Sandy, they have a search link here. They have uh, adaptive uh, shooting product providers, wow. adaptive hunting organizations and providers. And it's not just for handicapped people in wheelchairs. It's also for the aging shooters. It's also for people that might have had a knee replacement or maybe you're overweight and you can't kneel like you used to. But there is fitness training, optics enhancers, wheelchair mounted firearm rest. I mean, we're going to be putting this on the Gun for Hire website, but everybody out there listening, if you have someone in your family that has a bum leg, is in a wheelchair, they're getting older, they don't have the upper body strength, go on the NRA Adaptive Shooting Program site and check out the information they also host uh, shoots around the country. Bill Bockenberg has them out in his range, uh, his Sporting Clays range, uh, Lehigh Valley in Pennsylvania, uh, where they bring out people with uh, special needs and disabilities to shoot. It was such an eye-opener for me. I spent two hours at the meeting, and then I had to uh, cut it short to come up here and do the show. But Graham Hill is doing an excellent job running that committee. Now, I'm also on the Range Development Committee. And we're coming out with a new range source book in a few months. So if anybody wants to build a new indoor or outdoor range or you have an existing range, there's going to be all tips in there on, you know, government uh, regulations and standards that you can't find anywhere else. And it's interesting because if you go on the ADA website and look up uh, for gun ranges, the only thing it has is for an indoor gun range, the port has to be wide enough for a wheelchair to make a 60-inch radius circle. Hmm. There's nothing else. It's the same as a bathroom. Uh, correct. Well, all of that falls under building your retail space and building your, you know, your, your clubhouse or whatever yeah, else. Yeah. But specific to ranges, when you open the door and go into an indoor or outdoor range, the only thing the ADA has is that one requirement. That's so correct. That you have to have some ports that are wide enough for a wheelchair to fully turn, 60-inch uh, diameter radius. So I discussed in my meeting that uh, Brad Haupt, who was an NRA instructor, who had a motorcycle accident years ago. I had him come into Gun for Hire eight years ago, and he went through my entire range and created a checklist of things that are above and beyond because basically the ADA guidelines are the, are, are, are the floor of what you should yes, do, right. not the ceiling, right? 
And Brad came up with this huge list and we did everything he told him. And one of the things that was really crucial that we never thought of, when you go into one of the ports at Gun for Hire, we have the cardboard key that hangs the target. Mm -hmm. Well, that key is impossible for someone in a wheelchair to reach and change their own target. Right. So we had longer keys made. And if someone comes in with a wheelchair, our retail staff radios into the range. Yo, port six, I'm sending a guy in in a wheelchair or a girl. Our RSOs change it to the longer T before you come into the range. You didn't even know we did it. Great. And now when you're in that port shooting, you can change your own targets and not have to stop as a grown adult and ask an Somebody RSO else, to right. change your targets for you. Great idea, man. You know, and I brought that up today in the committee, and obviously they wrote that down. And I'm going to be working with them more because I'm on the education training committee. I'm on the range development committee. And my expertise and my love is that and anything we can do to make it easier for everyone to enjoy the shooting sports, we're going to. So please go on the NRA Adaptive Shooting Program site. I, I was blown away. I'm going to be quite honest with you. Uh, I, I, had, I had never gone and done a deep uh, search of that site because it's not my wheelhouse. Right. And after I did it, it was enlightening and eye-opening. And we have a few people in wheelchairs at the range. I emailed them the link this morning. Excellent. Yeah, and I told them to go on that, and they really should uh, take a look at it. The NRA, the adaptive shooting, they also have grants out there. If you have a range or a shooting facility and you're looking to take it to the next step, the NRA can help you with that. You know, we have money, donated money from the NRA Foundation, from the NRA, you know, Friends of NRA Dinners and such, where you can actually go on and uh, get money to improve your indoor or outdoor range or club to make it more accessible for everyone. Excellent. We'll pick it up right after the break. Yeah, thank you. I want to tell you about my friend Katie. Katie is a nurse and she was attacked on her way home from work. She was totally taken by surprise. And although Katie is only five feet tall and 106 pounds, she was easily able to drop her six foot four, 250 pound attacker to his knees and get away unharmed. Katie wasn't just lucky that day. She was prepared. In her pocketbook, a harmless looking lipstick, which really contained a powerful man-stopping aerosol propellant. It's not like it was in our grandmother's day. Today, just going to and from work or to the mall can have tragic consequences. The FBI says a violent crime is committed every 15 seconds in the United States, and a forcible rape happens every five minutes. And chances are, when something happens, no one will be around to help. It looks just like a lipstick, so no one will suspect a thing, which is important since experts say getting the jump on your attacker is all about the element of surprise. Inside this innocent-looking lipstick is the same powerful stuff used by police and the military to disarm even the most powerful armed aggressor. In fact, National Park Rangers use the very same formula that's inside this little lipstick to stop 2,000-pound vicious grizzly bears dead in their tracks. It's like carrying a personal bodyguard with you in your purse or your pocket. Darkness brings danger. Muggers and rapists use darkness to their advantage. We all know what it's like to be walking at night and hear footsteps coming at us from behind. Who's there? If it's somebody bad, will you be protected? Your life may depend on it. 
My friend Katie's close call needs to be a wake-up call for all of us, myself included. Pick up a lipstick bodyguard and keep it with you always. becoming a dangerous place for us women. Lipstick Bodyguard looks just like an innocent little lipstick, but it'll instantly drop any attacker to his knees so you can get away unharmed. And what better way to say I love you than giving the ones you love a gift to keep them safe? Lipstick Bodyguard. It looks just like a beautiful little lipstick, but just like a beautiful woman, it has the power to bring a grown man to his knees. Lipstick Bodyguard, fear no evil. Get yours today only at LipstickBodyguard.com. Just follow the link on the GunForHireRadio.com homepage. And we're back. Okay, so the next thing I want to talk about was I sat in on a presentation uh, for the NRA School Shield program. Yeah. And you're familiar with that, right? Yes. So the School Shield program uh, is phenomenal, and it's growing in leaps and bounds. Well, I, I so am, the school, but you know what? Maybe we should go over it for the listeners who are not. I'm, go, I'm going to give an overview. All right, great. So in, 19, in 2012, the School Shield program was started uh, to protect our children. There's over 130,000 K-12 to public and private schools in the United States, and there's 56 million kids in those schools. And 71% of the public schools recorded one or more violent incidents of crime wow. uh, in 2017 to 18. And the National School Shield Program was started with four main areas of focus, awareness, education, advocacy, and the big one here, grant funding. And it's the, end, the School Shields Program to engage communities and, and empower leaders to help our schools become more secure. Okay. And. Since they launched this, it started in 2012 and they went a full launch in 2015. They've hosted 53 security training sessions to date and they're certified. So law enforcement trainers can get a national certification, which they need, you know, yeah. and it's been done in 29 states. Now, most of those states tend to be gun friendly. Mm. New York, New Jersey does it. And California do not pop up on this list. Okay. <laughs> wow, this is surprised. Correct. School shield has trained more than 750 assessors across the country and they've documented over 300 vulnerability assessments as a direct result of our training. Wow. Okay. What they have now, they have a grant program through the NRA Foundation. In 2018, we awarded, the NRA awarded $600,000 in grants. Okay, 54 grants were recommended in 23 states. In 2019, we awarded more than a million dollars in grants in 37 states. Wow. And what some of those grants do, they fund activities including infrastructure enhancements, renovations, access control, visitor management systems, improved communication systems, emergency medical kits, perimeter fencing repairs and installation, as well as investments in life-saving training. I mean, blown away by what's going on with the School Shield program. Now, many of the states receive funding that is state-specific, and believe it or not, New Jersey has money. Really? 
And that money is accessible for anybody out there who is in, interested in getting involved in the uh, School Shield program. So, again, all of our listeners, I want you to pass this along to everyone you know. How many of our listeners have kids in school? Mm-hmm. Lots. Okay, a lot. This, or if you don't have kids in school, but you're concerned about your community. In 2019, they hosted 22 trainings. It was the most they ever did in a single calendar year. They have hosted training in 29 of the 50 states. Okay. So I want people to go on the NRA School Shield uh, program, Google it, and look and see. We have money available in New Jersey. And I spoke with the directors and the people who implement and the instructors for School Shield. Anybody out there, contact School Shield. Tell them you heard it on our show here. Listen, Sussex County, uh, Sussex Borough, Parker Space up there, and West Milford, they declared two-way sanctuaries. If you have councils, Lou Signorino, if you're listening, Parker Space, Walter Cleary, if your town was able and willing to get involved and make your town a uh, sanctuary city for Second Amendment, I have a strong feeling that they also might be interested in the School Shield program. Yeah, that'd be great. Okay. And it's not all about guns, ladies and gentlemen. If you're listening out there, it's not all about guns. It has to do with hardening the school, you know, security, access doors, uh, intercom systems, emergency alert systems. Uh, they're going into schools. They're finding that the, the schools have uh, trauma kits uh, that are 20 years old, Sandy. Oh, my God. And the NRA is giving these schools money to improve and replace all of this stuff. So I can't tell you enough how important something like this is. You know, and these are the things that the NRA is doing, you know, besides the Eddie Eagle program and besides the NRA Foundation. You know, let's forget about ILA with the whole lobbying arm. These are things. Now, could you imagine if the School Shield program wasn't attached to the NRA, how prolific this would have been the past eight years? Yeah. Well, I don't know, though, because it doesn't seem like they want to do anything about school shooting like we talked about last week. There never should have been another school shooting after Columbine. We we talked about that yesterday in a committee meeting as well. You're absolutely right. And uh, it's amazing how they, they hide their head in the sand mm-hmm. until it's too late. And, you know, what are our children's lives worth when you have these these evil monsters lurking out there and here you have the NRA, they're willing to come in and do it for free, not only do it for free, but give you money. And of these hundreds of people they've, they've trained, they've had these sheriffs and law enforcement officers where they're perpetuating the training. They have a couple of sheriffs whose goal is to, you know, and some sheriffs have done this already, every school in their district or their county has gone through the School Shield program. Wow, that's great. And one of the things is the NRA will not advertise on social media or their website that your school took part in it unless you advertise it. That's pretty good. So anybody out there listening, the town doesn't have to worry about getting crap that the NRA came in and taught and made our children safer. They can actually keep those accolades hidden. Now, a lot of towns and communities and counties have put it on their Facebook page, put it on their community page. Local press has picked it up. And at that point, the NRA 
social media and digital media people will take it and repost it. But they will not do it if that school doesn't do it. So everybody out there, uh, uh, Hayden, uh, Mark Cheeseman, everybody that listens out there, Jay Factor, all of you uh, guys and girls in the two-way community, Teresa Einacker, anybody out there, uh, Dave Rosenthal, jump on this, please. I think it's too important. Uh, I would hope someday that we can read that the School Shield program has stopped in its tracks an active shooter situation or an active evil or violence. Yeah, that would be great. Does it, does it have to be a public school or could a private no, school? No, no, any schools, public school, private school, the NRA does not care. Any learning environment, they will come in from K to 12. I believe universities as well, but the pitch I heard yesterday was K to 12. But if, if there's any question of that, just Google NRA School Shield Program. Go on, request more information, tell them that Anthony uh, sent you. Uh, I'm really interested in someone from New Jersey picking this up because I'd like to stop by and visit when the training is going on. Yeah, that's great. You know, if possible, because every child's life in this country, regardless of race, creed, color, background, views, or whatever, every life is worth saving. Yes, absolutely. And, uh, you know... I want to see this happen. Speaking of saving lives, you know, uh, the left is up in arms about the whole sanctuary, the Second Amendment sanctuary city. And I like to always repeat this quote all the time. The concept of sanctuary anything has to be challenged. If we want sanctuary cities ended for illegals, then the best challenge is to create sanctuary firearms law cities. If the socialists challenge us, they dig their own grave to protect illegals and criminals. Okay, so we have to speak up and demand sanctuary for firearms owners. Now, in, the, in, a, in a couple of shows, I have the shot show in two weeks, but we're going to try to get a show, Sandy, with three or four of the leaders of the sanctuary movement in New Jersey. Mm -hmm. And uh, we now have a sanctuary Facebook page for all 22 counties in New Jersey and an, ov and an overall sanctuary page. And again, all the documents on to create a sanctuary city, uh, our town are there. Parker Space and Lou Signorino were instrumental. Lou started this. Parker Space picked up on it. And we have a couple other people out there that are uh, pushing it through. And they have all of the uh, paperwork that you need you just have to fill in the blanks and you could submit it to your town and you know there's more than two pro-gun pro-liberty conservative towns in new jersey so i would love to see it spread from two towns to 22 i think there's 565 towns in new jersey i'd love to see a few hundred declare sanctuary 2a because then when it's challenged by our attorney general and our governor we're going to turn around and say, well, what about your sanctuary cities that say you get to defy federal law? Right. And Why can't we have a two-way sanctuary that defies what we consider an unconstitutional state law? And it's a perfect opportunity for those municipalities and towns and small cities in the south and west parts of New Jersey, which are tend to lean a little bit more conservative then the uh the you know the to to get back some of your power over the Newarks and the Pattersons and the Camdens and the Atlantic cities uh you know of the state and the Jersey cities and Union cities and Hobokens and places like that that are just taking your state in the wrong direction 
And and so everybody out there, please spread this far and wide. We 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 need an awakening. I know all the the twenty two admins that are running the county pages are breaking their butts. I have someone coming to my range from one of the counties. He he sent me an email. He goes, he he his printer was running out of ink uh, to print the resolutions out. I said, come to my range Sunday. You can print ten thousand pages out if you want. That's great. Because that's what we do. Anybody else out there needs my help or support, uh, I am here for you 100%. If you, you know, send me the file and I'll print it out and I'll mail them back down to you. While we're talking about that, you know, I'm running for re-election for the NRA board. And the ballots will be coming out in your magazine between January 21st and 26th. Now, a couple of hundred thousand people get their digital magazine. They will be getting a ballot in the mail. But about 2 million people will be getting their magazine, whether it's American Rifleman, First Freedom, American Hunter, uh, whatever magazine you get, the ballots will be in there and look for my name. You can also go on the website Calandro for NRA.com. We have a PDF on that website where you can print out uh, flyers to bring to your gun club, gun shows or whatever. If you don't want to print them out, send me an email. Anthony at gunforhire.com. Tell me how many you want. We will print out color or black and white at Gun for Hire, and we will put them in the mail for you. Because now today, uh, I don't even know what today's date is, but it's key. Uh, it's January 10th. It's only 10 days away. We're taping this early because of the board meetings. Uh, it's only 11 days away before the magazines start coming out. So any help I can get out there to get on for a three-year term uh, to keep fighting for our rights in New Jersey and nationally. So Calandro for NRA.com. For many people walking into a range the first time, it's quite intimidating. So when you walk in through the double doors, the first thing you'll see on your left is a concierge. When people walk in, they can take a tour of the range, or maybe they're coming in for an appointment with one of my instructors or me, and they'll be directed to the right classroom. It kind of softens the entire experience and makes people feel more at home. As you walk further into the range, you're going to notice we have New Jersey's only indoor 50-yard range, which is heated and air-conditioned. The dividers at each port are bulletproof. They're extra-wide ports so two people can stand side-by-side side and shoot. There's lights in the ports so you're well-lit. We also have three times as much light down range that the average range would have because I believe it's important that the targets are well-lit. Our target retrieval system is all digital. You program how many feet you want to send it out, and it stays there. Both of our ranges are tactically baffled, which means when we run our higher level courses, you can move forward to the firing line and shoot in any direction, and bullets can't escape. When you come out of the 50-yard range, to your left, you'll see our large classroom, and go back up to the concierge and make a right. We have two smaller classrooms. And those classrooms are for small one-on-one -on -one classes, our Build-A-Bear, building an AR. As you enter through there, you'll see that we have a uh, portal with a key to go into our Platinum Lounge. They can sit around and watch TV on the leather uh, chairs or couches, and they can maybe work deals with their uh, clients. And you normally don't see a cafe in an indoor range. In New Jersey, we have this archaic law where you're only supposed to go from your house to the range, range to the house with no unnecessary deviations. I'm seeing a lot more families coming in now where they have multiple kids and the wife will stay in the cafe with one or two kids and they'll do a handoff. 
To me, it's very important that people are treated like family, so the bathrooms are very high-end. We use marble and corian and really nice tile and full-length dividers so that people are comfortable when they come in. When you exit the bathroom, you'll see the Gun For Hire radio studio where Sandy and I tape our show. After you pass that and you make a left, you'll notice our retail area. Over 120 firearms for rent. As you turn 180 degrees, you see the large sections of bulletproof glass. That's our 25-yard range. And inside our 25-yard range, we have 13 ports. Those ports are even wider than the 50-yard range. Both ranges have full-time range safety officers. In case you have any questions or concerns, they're there to help you. With the news, events, and political shenanigans impacting your freedom, you're listening to Gun For Hire Radio, the most listened to Second Amendment broadcast in the nation. Okay, so the first thing, January 17th, a mere seven days from now, I believe, Sandy and I are taking Urban Revolver 1 that was written by our senior tactical instructor, Bob Prouts. And Sandy and I are taking this Urban Revolver course. We're both taking it with five-shot revolvers. I believe either the class is sold out or there was one slot left. I think Al Alonzo might have taken the last slot. I'm not sure. And after we take the class, we are going to uh, tape the radio show with uh, Bob Prouse, the instructor, so we can get us when we're all pumped up at adrenaline. Now, I'm going to give you a disclaimer. I haven't shot a five-shot revolver. Uh, in a practicing range manner for about six months. And I'm not going to shoot from now until the 17th. I'm going to wait. Jimmy set up a rig for me. I have speed strips and speed loaders. I have extra for you, Sandy. I'm going to take this class cold. I don't care if I pass it or fail it. I just want to take it. It'll be the first time I'm taking a class in many years because, you know, a lot of you know I lost my gun rights uh, for many years. Uh, for legal issues and having a big mouth in a two-way community and having the nerve to have a divorce in the state of New Jersey, owning a gun range <laughs> and having a huge target on my back because I'm a big fish in the two-way community. I'm taking this class cold because I'm taking it more as a, not that I have something to prove, but as a, how much I can learn. Well, I'm going to learn a lot because I haven't picked up a five-shot revolver probably in about six years. Okay. So the two of us are going to have some fun. Yeah. So uh, it, it should be interesting, but, you know, we have the full complement of classes that we offer at Gun for Hire as well. But I want to talk right now, uh, Coalition of New Jersey Firearms Owners is a great, great organization. And uh, one of their contributors slash writers slash board members slash lawyer is my friend, Teresa Einacker. I've been on Fox News with her before and everything, and she's a, a, a lawyer, and she's pro-2A, and she's a female, and she's a mom. And she wrote an article which went out on the truth about guns, and it says the Supreme Court's failure to defend Heller has created the situation in Virginia. I believe it's created the situation in a lot of states. Yeah. Our New Jersey case a few years ago, because of the way Heller was written, was knocked back down. I can't think of the case off offhand now. It started with a D. But uh, the Drake case, by the way. So she says, "Why?" this is Teresa's article. And if you don't belong to CNJFO, you should join. You don't have to live in New Jersey. Why does it seem that liberal extremists are pursuing new infringements on gun rights seemingly unchecked? Why do we have an escalated situation in Virginia where liberal politicians seek to further infringe the Second Amendment rights of its citizen, 
threatening imprisonment and evil, even violence against constitutional gun owners who've committed no crime. She says this is due to a failure of our systems of checks and balances, due to a failure of the courts to deal with a barrage of important two-way cases over the last 10 years. Okay, She says we are perilously off balance. We agree. We've heard this from Dan. We've heard this from Scott. I've heard this at NRA. We've heard it from Knappen. Right. She says in 08, we had the epic Heller decision and the subsequent McDonald decision in 2010, which applied Heller to the states. In the more than 10 years since those decisions were handed down, we have seen relentless encroachments on two-way rights by extreme anti-rights fanatics. Will it ever end? When will the Supreme Court make it end? The response by gun rights supporters to these continued ongoing infringements has been appropriate. Seek redress using the three branches of government. Specifically, file lawsuit after lawsuit begging the judiciary to enforce Heller's holdings on concepts like individual rights and common use. Unfortunately, the judiciary has repeatedly ignored these petitions for redress. A complete and dangerous failure to enforce the provisions enumerated in the Heller decision. These results have been a painful, unconstitutional existence for those in states like New Jersey and most recently bringing Virginia to the edge of chaos. This judicial hibernation, boy, I love that term, just judicial hibernation combined with the limitless funding of special interest groups and individuals like Michael Bloomberg of Moms Demand Action in Every Town has resulted in a highly explosive situation. Since 2014, the Supreme Court of the United States has declined the opportunity to grant petitions for cert. In 14, the the court denied the petition of the New Jersey Drake case. In 17, the petition for Peruta in San Diego, they denied it. These denials have resulted in terrible consequences that have provided liberal anti-gun extremists an unfettered highway to infringement. Okay, she goes on, but she says we have four cases pending at the Supreme Court now. Now, a logjam. We talked about this. Cheeseman, Rogers, Sealek versus New Jersey and Gould versus Morgan from Massachusetts. And then we have the New York State rifle and pistol case. When is the Supreme Court going to step up? We have this logjam. They better be doing something to address this. This is a powder keg. Virginia would not be happening right now if Rogers Roberts, the chief justice, had taken these up. And Thomas has said this before, uh, Justice Thomas, that it's overdue that the Supreme Court takes a two-way case. So maybe What's going on in Virginia, right in the backyard of the U.S. Supreme Court, maybe Rogers will get the message now and see that these cases need to be addressed to stop this unchecked grabbing of our constitutional civil rights to bear and carry firearms. Mm -hmm. That's my words, by the way, not Teresa. So I'm hoping something happens. By the way, I can't imagine. I can't believe how many emails I've gotten from people about Jay Factor being on the show. Yeah. So, Jay, I know you're listening. You have to come back on. We could do a show or two when you come up. I know it's a long drive. But Jay has been coming up with his sons to shoot now. He's been getting to the range in a little over an hour. Uh, I'd like to have him come back up. Come up and shoot with your family. Bring your wife. She could shoot. Hang in the VIP or whatever. But uh, people are waiting for Jay Factor two a history part two three four and five (laughs) yeah that they are okay so i want you to come back on the show 
I got emails from Mel from the Midwest. I got emails from Jules in New Jersey. I got emails from Mike LaChapelle. I got emails from so many people that found his um, his his speech inspiring. Okay, and I want all of you uh, to let Jay know if you follow him on social media to get another uh, script together going back to the 1200s and discuss it on Gun for Hire Radio. So listen, ladies and gentlemen, um, it's interesting uh, what's going on in Virginia. Keep a close eye. Support our brothers and sisters, uh, patriots down there. Continue to each one, reach one. Make sure you go on uh, Tony Simon's uh, The Second is for Everyone site. I believe he has another one coming up at Gun for Hire soon. Speaking of people with disabilities, Sandy, you know, we're going to have on January 26th another Atenzia pen and knife class. Yeah. And I'm going to talk to them. How about this twist here? I notice online people selling reusable straws. Mm-hmm. Really? The aluminum reusable straws. How about when we go to the oh. blade show? If somebody is making a super strong or titanium straw, yeah. how about carrying that for self-defense instead of a pen? Oh, boy, would that be perfect. Just think about this. Every anti-gun progressive establishment would let you in with open arms. Yeah. If they searched you or checked you and you pulled out your handy-dandy save-the-environment straw. <laughs> You're right. Right? Yeah. Right? This hit me like a brick yesterday. So I'm going to uh, propose it to the Atenzia uh, team out there and my guy Jimmy. I think it would be really, really cool uh, uh, if we could get something really good when we're at Blade Show in June, me, you, and Cy. I'm going to buy one, and I'm going to start carrying it everywhere. Oh, that would be perfect. They'll probably let me on a plane with it. Yeah, oh, I absolutely would. <coughs> because it's it was a just, straw. you would complain. I, it's a straw. You have to let a, me on. It's a straw. It has no pointed edges. Right. No sharp edges to it, but a super strong straw. I've seen at Blade Show titanium chopsticks. Oh, you have? Yes, but now those, you know, they have a point on them, and I could see TSA stopping you from getting on a plane with titanium chopsticks, right. but I can't see them stopping us. So what I'll do is maybe I'll buy a cheap aluminum one. And when I fly, Jimmy Carry, and I are going yeah, to, the, yeah. right. Jimmy and I are going to the shot show uh, and we're flying out of JFK. So maybe I'll just get one and I'll put it in my carry on my satchel, my pack safe that I carry. Right. And I'll see if it gets flagged. Yeah. If they do, cause it's a straw, right? Yeah. I'll put it next to one of my $15 trade tactical pens. Right. And we'll, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, it'd be perfect. So uh, I think it's a great idea. Anybody out there find any – I haven't researched it yet, but they find any super strong or titanium uh, reusable straws out there, uh, send it to Anthony at Gun for Hire Radio. Well, you know, it's funny too because, uh, you know, uh, my wife took that class. You know, we took it together with, a, you know, a couple other people, and she still practices using a potato and a plastic drinking straw and can put – a plastic drinking straw square through a baking potato. And so that's a perfect idea. You imagine, and, and you just, imagine what just, aluminum would do or titanium. And just so you listeners know, if you haven't met uh, Sandy's wife, Diane, she's about five foot three and about 64 pounds <laughs> soaking <laughs> wet, holding a, a 10 pound brajol. Yeah, right. Exactly. Okay. And she can drive a plastic straw through a potato. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly through scares the crap out of me. <laughs> uh. But I love this idea of a tactical straw. Yeah, what a great idea. It doesn't have to be a really long one. I wouldn't want it like 12 inches, like the length, a little longer than a pen, like maybe eight inches. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, I'm excited. And twelve inches, you could hit. Man, you could hit organs. <laughs> <laughs> you know, if I have my shoelace and a piece of wood, I'd probably make a bow and arrow. Probably out. could. Yeah, probably. Could. <laughs> could you imagine the surveillance video in an airport? Uh, me using that. Oh, that would be great. Somebody tries to take my bag, and I whip out my little bow, and I take anyway. <laughs> But but I will say that the attitude here at the NRA is really good. I've sat in a ton of committees, finance and everything, and uh, we're in good hands. We're going to be spending tens of millions of dollars on these campaigns. You know, there's no other organization that has the infrastructure and the cash to do that. No, that's right. And uh, our case with New York City with uh, Letitia James and Cuomo is is. If as important or more important than remember years ago when Obama went after the tea parties with the Treasury? Yeah, that's pretty much what we're under. You know, the attorney general and Cuomo decided to pick out the NRA because they disagree with our views and trying to take our not for profit status and shut us down, have us liquidated. Right. And the ACLU is signed on to our case for you people out there that aren't in the know. Which is uh, kind of landmark. It, it is landmark for the ACLU to sign on to a Second Amendment organization case because for years they didn't know that was part of the Bill of Rights. They used to go one, <laughs> three, <laughs> four, five. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, this case is important and it has ramifications. Listen, what it says is a political party could be in charge that doesn't agree with your views and shut you down. Right. Okay, this is not Venezuela. This is not Russia. This is not China. Okay, I, I, listen, Planned Parenthood, this organization, that organization. Listen, I, I'm not involved in any conspiracy to shut anybody down, but they did this. The attorney general has made it a point, and they have it on public record, where she said at the podium mm -hmm. that she was going to shut the NRA down. Right, exactly. And yeah. Cuomo feels the same way, yeah. and he's empowered her. And the problem is, they have unlimited resources because they're using taxpayer dollars. Right. Exactly. You know, the NRA was spending millions right. and millions of dollars defending our survival. And we're also the you people in New York are paying for that. You gun people in New York are funding the New York case to shut your organization down. As if they're not already pissed off enough because the the New York State is a lot like New Jersey in a sense where most of New York State is rural. And most everybody, uh, you know, the people I know who live in New York State are all kind of gun people. And it's still taken over by, uh, you know, Albany, Buffalo, and, and New York City, but especially New York City. Correct. It's so, so anyway, everybody needs to be aware of that. And again, I've said this a million times, 95% or more of what you've been reading in the alternate media is false. I say this to people all the time. When, when the left media comes out with something that we look at and we know is patently false, we agree with it. But when the left comes out with something big in the NRA, we right away think it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that's true. We need to wake up, you know. We really need to wake up. We all have to stick together, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody out there, we're under attack. And all I'm hearing is how it's happening in every state now. Uh, Bloomberg and his ilk and Soros, they are spending tens of millions of dollars in these little 
races everywhere, district attorneys, prosecutors. Mm -hmm. So we all have to band together because of everything that's going on in the states that we thought were for for free. If a tax can come from Montana and Virginia and Kentucky and Mississippi, where are we going to go? We have to stand to fight together. You know, you always say each one reach one, right, Sandy? Mm -hmm. Uh, This is a perfect time to Reach out to your friends, Absolutely. families, co-workers, yep. neighbors. Take them shooting. Introduce them to the sport. Bring them to a nice, clean range wherever you may live where the people are objective and open. And bring people of every race, creed, color. You, you, we, we, need, we need to show representation across the board of uh, what, what defines a American-loving, country-loving Second Amendment supporter. I can't stress this enough to everybody. Uh, we have to break those stereotypes. You know, each one, reach one out there is so important because the attacks are not going to stop. We do not have a billionaire anti-gun tyrant. We don't have one. Right. You know, we don't have somebody that's worth $60 billion that's 78 years old that knows if he's, you know, he could spend $10 billion a year and he'll still have money with the interest he gains from his investments out there. Sure. The the good thing right now, his floundering presidential campaign, at least he's spending a couple of hundred million dollars on that. Which is nothing. I know, but at least it's a few hundred million that he's not spending on taking my rights away. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I, I look at it that way. Yeah. You know, I don't know what his plans are. I don't know how much money he's leaving to his kids, et cetera, et cetera. So it's important that we all stick together and fight. We can't have dissension amongst the 2A groups. We can't have dissension across the board. I don't care what somebody's religion is. I don't care, you know, what their lifestyle is. Everybody, it's a big tent. That's why we hosted diversity shoots. Everybody needs to get involved. Everybody needs to be on our team. And listen, it's not for everybody. A lot of people that come to my range have never shot before. They might never come back, but at least we left a good impression. And Tony has that same thing with the diversity shoots. People will come in and they'll see that it's not for them, but they tried it. Right. And they they leave knowing the truth about correct. We've changed the narrative. Right. Exactly. They're like, wow, there was women there. There was children. There were people of color. There were alternate lifestyle. Everybody was nice. The bathrooms were clean. Nobody talked down to me. Nobody talked sideways to me. I didn't get the eye from somebody because of my tattoos or my piercings or anything. You know, I've been telling everybody that for years, right? I'm a capitalist. The only color I see is green. Right, right. So it's our job. This is one way we can fight besides getting politically active. If you can, besides making donations where they count, besides supporting your Second Amendment groups and lawsuits. Obviously, this is all in lockstep of what we have to do outside of the box. Everybody who's a shooter out there, open up a piece of paper right now with a pencil and list three or four people in your social circle that has never gone shooting with you before. And extend the olive branch and say, hey, would you like to come to my range and try it out? Bring them on a day that it's slow. Bring them when it's nice weather if it's an outdoor range. Bring them to an indoor range during the week when it's a little slower. Let the staff know you're bringing a new shooter in or the club members, you know, because sometimes there's old codgers in those private clubs that, you know, oh, we got a new shooter ruining our club, you know. Uh, But pick the right places and bring those people in. You know, you say it all the time. Each one reach one. We have five million members of the NRA. Imagine if we if we had 10 million members of the NRA right now, we wouldn't even need gun for hire radio. Yeah, we wouldn't we wouldn't be having any discussion at all about this. 
Correct. Correct. And that's that's really where we're going to win. We're not going to win with with legislation. We're not going to win with anything else. Everybody's got their special interest. Is the big thing is to increase the special interest of the gun owner, and increase the number of gun owners, and that's the only way we're going to beat them. And Sandy, how important is voting? If Hillary had won, mm. what would the Supreme oh. Court and the lower courts look like today? It'd be time to move somewhere. Canada wouldn't be it. Okay, the courts were off balance at the end of Obama's term. They were about 35% liberal. If Hillary became president, those 187 appointments that Trump and McConnell pushed through, we would right now we'd be about 70% liberal court. Right. And considering only 20% to 21% in the latest polls of Americans consider themselves to be liberal, that is a very heavy tip of the scales. Even 37% is, you know, you would think based on the on the... On watching mainstream news and mainstream television, that everybody was liberal and that you were the oddball, but you're not. No, no, it's just it's just the uh, the elitist cities, the coastal elites right. and the elitist cities in the middle. They control the media, they control the narrative, and they have a lot of money. They live in these bubbles. Right, exactly. But again, I say it a million times: you can't eat an iPhone app. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We can prevail. Right. So what kind of classes you got going this week? We have every urban class you can imagine. We have low light, no light. Jimmy has NRA instructor training classes coming up. Obviously, the 17th, Mo, Mo Curley, and Larry will be taking the uh, revolver class. That's you and I, by the way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I just want to remind everybody, uh, go on the Calandro for NRA page and you know, cut it and paste it and share it to your social media, your clubs and everything. Print out flyers for your clubs and uh, gun shows or anything. Spread the word for me, please. And if you need flyers or, or anything, just send me an email, Anthony at Gun for Hire. I appreciate all your support. I would love to win a three-year term uh, in addition to my one year that's ending in April. Um, we will be at the Blade Show. I will be at the NRA in uh, Nashville, Tennessee for the annual meetings. You should go. Uh, I can't divulge who's going to be there but you should go n-r-a-a-m.com on nra annual meetings go on the website and uh, register now and get there with your friends and family i'm done well it looks like the clock on the wall says it all you've wasted yet another perfectly good hour listening to gun for hire radio Gun for Hire Radio is a counterthink media production. The music used in this broadcast was managed by Cosmo Music, New York, New York. On behalf of our show host, master trainer, Anthony Calandro, and the rest of the crew here at Gun for Hire Radio, thanks so much for listening. See you again next week. To go shine.